Chapter Twenty Eight of Laughter Limited. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeremiah Sutherland, Victoria, British Columbia. Laughter Limited by Nina Wilcox Putnam. Chapter Twenty Eight. When I come to, I was laying in my own bed, in my own room, with Mummer sponging my forehead with something cool and sweet-smelling, and a doctor I had never seen before, but he had a kind of face, well, he was saying something about overstrained nerves and a long rest. Now I'll tell the world that right up to the point of this doctor saying this mouthful, I had an idea nerves was something to be pulled as an excuse, and nothing more, and believe me, they are all too often only that nerves is mostly nonsense but sometimes they do get overstrained and it sure seemed like mine had and i come to realize through the week that followed with me that had never before been sick in my life laying flat on my back that maybe a rest now and then is as important to a person's business or artistic career as hard work is of course i had heard this remark made in the past but on account of pop being the one who made it why i had not thought it could be true so I just lay there quiet, seeing nobody except only Mummer, and allowing her to make up my mind for me on every little matter. And all those members of the public which their family has allowed them to take the entire responsibility and do all the dirty work of supporting the home and so forth, will at once realize how much I enjoyed being sick. And all this time Mummer wouldn't let me say one word about Stricky or the whole affair. But being a healthy person by nature and disposition, and a worker by habit, why there come a day when the novelty wore off and i wanted to set up and eat meat and hear the dirt and it happened that this day nichols come to see how was i of course he had done it every other day as well but up to now i hadn't seen him or bert green or even axel and god knows nobody could rightly accuse axel of being a mental strain but mummer would not let him up either each day milt had called up or sent flowers and come to the house a lot but him i would not have faced at any price just then well, this meat-eating day I am telling you about, Nicky come at the right moment. And when Mummer tiptoed in with some milk toast, and the news that he was downstairs, I says for her to trade in them slops for a hunk of raw beef or something, and to send him right up, because my mind had commenced to work, and I might as well try it out on him as anybody. Oh, honey, I don't know should I let you, says Mummer. They say when the devil is ill, the devil a saint will be, but I always say a ounce of prevention is better than a relapse. Oh, send him up, Mummer, please, says I, and I will promise not to sprain my mind. So Mummer says all right, and steered the bread and milk out again, and pretty soon Nicky come clumping up in the bashful way a decent bachelor has in a girl's sick room, and the nicer they are, the awkwarder. But he was awful glad to see me, and sat down at once on not alone the side of my bed, but my hot water bottle as well, only I wouldn't call his attention to it for fear of embarrassing him worse and he took both my hands in his and kissed them and couldn't say a word at first so i tactfully and affectionately did nicky dear i says oh but i am glad to see you you are the only one i could talk to and i just got to talk i got such a lot of things i want to ask and mummer keeps giving me only a soft answer and believe me nicky this is one time it don't turn away wrath but i dasn't let her see it little bonnie says nick you have given us such a scare are you better really you bet I am, I says, and I just got to know what has been going on. I know Strickland didn't die, even Mummer told me that much. But what has he done? And Anita, where was she? Were the newspapers dreadful? Did they say terrible things about me? Oh, Nicky, tell me the whole truth. It will be so much easier for me if I know than it is to lie here imagining things. Poor kid, says Nicky. Of course I will. 
Well, then, the papers aired the affair, of course, but they were all for you, Bonnie, and the way you responded to Anita's call for help. She did it, of course, no matter what Strickland says about the whole thing being an accident. An accident, says I. Of course that was it. I should have guessed. Go on, Nicky. Well, when the good-for-nothing scamp came to in the hospital, he spilled the beans at first. He was mad at Anita, mad enough to have her arrested, but he reneged later. It appears that Anita was jealous of him, and that she was in debt up to her neck. Strickland had promised her $500 to keep her from being put out of her place, and then, as usual, he hadn't made good. He'd stalled her off for several days. The afternoon of the shooting, Anita came to see him, desperate for her money. Kit Newt had thrown her over when she took up with Greg, and she was out of work. I suppose Strickland couldn't come across, and they had a row. He now says Anita took his gun out of the top drawer of his bureau and threatened to kill herself, and that he seized it. They struggled, and the gun went off. At least that's his present version. He has told several, each more dramatic than the last. But he won't press any charge, and she has left town. How dreadful, I says. Where was Anita that afternoon, when I, when... They found her back in her room, full of hop, says Nicky. She had the gun with her, and she was too dazed to even attempt getting away. Her creditors auctioned her furnishings yesterday. It's a nasty mess, little Bonnie, but it is behind you, remember that. You have got to put it out of your mind. Somehow I don't see able to, I says. Oh, Nicky, what's the matter with Hollywood? Why do we get in such messes? We don't generally, says he promptly and firmly. The rotters do. And there are a few rotters in every profession, Bonnie. Our community, through its very nature, is more conspicuous, that is all. I don't know that you are right, Nicky, I says earnestly. I want to get away from this town for a while and think things over. I've had a big jolt, and I got to get myself straightened out. I want to go someplace where I am away even from you and Mummer and so forth, and where there is nothing to remind me of the studio. You must do it then, says Nicky, understanding at once. We will wait for you on the scarlet letter. You are not to come back to work until you are well. Oh, says I, the picture. We was right in the middle of it, wasn't we? But I can't come back just yet. I got to have a breathing spell. I tell you what, says Nicky, you go out to my ranch for a week. At least I call it that. In reality, it's just a shack down near Santa Ana, but over on the ocean side. It's miles from anywhere and is the place I run to when I need perspective. There's a nice old couple who live there and look after it for me, and I'll write them tonight. It's just the place you need. I looked at his kind, eager face and the tousled lion curls, and my eyes filled with tears like a regular sentimental dumbbell. To think I had such a grand friend. Nicky, you are a peach, and I will accept, I says gratefully. It will be like escaping into heaven. And it was. There is some people thinks California is Hollywood, and some that thinks it is San Francisco or Los Angeles, and yet again a few who admit there are groves and so forth. But the part of California which best expresses the spirit of it all is not the prosperous cities or orange trees or walnuts and grapes or good roads, though there are enormous crops of all these, but the naked rolling hills of California, which swell and fall in great smooth sweeps along the coast between the valleys and the sea. These hills is peculiar, I do believe, and like no others in the world. They are profoundly quiet, and though bare, are full of promise. They are open and plain to see for miles whichever way you look, and in the canyons between them there is great oaks growing clean and strong, small forests of ancient giants, as you might say, evergreen and tremendous, once you are down among them, but seen from the bare crest of the nearest hill they seem a mere patch of darkness, or like the shadow from a cloud and along the outer edge of these hills and canyons sweeps hundreds of miles of golden beach with them lace-fringed jade-green breakers breaking on them like i have told you before 
and in the lonely places wild seabirds by the thousands crying but it ain't lonesome none of it because a person knows them treeless hills are so rich that you could grow roses on them anywheres all through the dry season they are brown and then like a miracle a week of rain will have them green as the far-famed ones of ireland only with the addition of golden poppies and another reason why these vast hills is not a lonesome place they are well proportioned you don't feel lost in a big room if it is shaped right and the same is true of these hills i am telling you about and there is no use in you laughing and passing some remark to the effect that nature can't go wrong and so forth because that is a big mistake and nature has pulled a lot of boners the same as any natural person does but the california coast is a big success and its beauty both rests and inspires a person no matter how many times they see it well anyways this ranch which nicky loaned me was set on one of these hills like as per se above and it was the very place i needed i had trouble getting away from mummer but finally i did and for a week i rode the lonesome trails around the neighborhood of this ranch on nicky's little old friendly pinto pony or sat on the porch and watched the pacific swallow the setting sun and i thought and thought and each day things got clearer to me about what i had ought to do with the rest of my life and the conclusion i come to was that i would have to leave the pictures it was a terrible decision and just what i would go to work at after i got out i hadn't decided i couldn't see beyond the as you might say fatal step but to continue working in the same business on the same lot with milton sherrill now that i was automatically put out of reach of ever being his wife was impossible nobody had come near me during the time on the ranch and i had not even had a letter from mummer i had expressly wanted to be cut off entirely from the world and things had worked out fine for i now had my decision clear i would go and see milt and tell him that while i would of course finish the interrupted picture it would have to be my last one and i would beg him to let me out of the rest of my contract end of chapter twenty eight